0: I feel like I need to uh, go ahead and we're going to give a little review tonight uh, before I get into the rest of the message. This morning, everybody had some, I think you had some good fun with uh, the message It stuck. Something sticks with you, that's good. Uh, One of the things that uh, just cracked me up was right after the service, uh, Brother Smith said that his wife was trying to hang curtains in his empty box, amen? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, that's messed up. It just is, I'm telling you. Leave the nothing box alone, okay? Amen. Uh, but if you will, let's turn in our Bibles to our theme verse. And let's take a look at Jude, chapter number... Chapter. I did it again. I don't know why I always do that. Uh, Jude chapter 1, of course, and verse... Let's take a look at verse number 20. We'll start there and I'll do a little recap and then get into the rest of the message. It says in Jude one twenty, But ye, talking about you, talking about the Christian, talking about uh, the saints, is what this letter was written to. Uh, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And some have compassion making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh now to him that is able to keep you from from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise god our savior be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever and amen if you will turn with me now to 1 Peter hold your place there in Jude whatever chapter that is in Jude and we'll take a look at First Peter and the verse that we springboard and we springboard from this morning. First Peter chapter 3. It's a verse that's often misquoted and misunderstood by most of the ladies and gentlemen in our churches. There's one little phrase. It says in 1 Peter 3 and 7, Likewise ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. What knowledge is he talking about here? He's talking about the knowledge that God's given us the instructions of how to be able to get along, how to treat your spouse, how to be able to get along together, how to be able to have the right relationships no matter whether you're married or whether you're not. But here he's addressing the husbands. Those things called the Ten Commandments, they're not ten suggestions, okay? Those are ten commandments of God. Tells us how to interact and how God expects us to act between us and Him, but also how to treat one another. In this text, 1 Peter 3, 7, Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to the knowledge, giving honor and to the wife as unto the weaker vessel. We found this morning that weaker vessel does not mean that she's to be abused. She's to be stepped on. She's to be lesser? No. That weaker vessel means this. In the comparison of a man like a a Tupperware tumbler. We are rugged men. Yes, we are. We are rugged men. We Listen, we may not look tough, but God said, I made you tough. You are a man. You have the responsibilities. God said, I'm giving you the responsibilities. You are to work. You are to provide. You are to be the spiritual leader. Man was created first. And God gave him responsibilities. God made him to be able to handle a load. God said, But I need to do something for that man. That man needs some help. With that being said, I want you to keep in mind, as into the weaker vessel. Now turn with me as a recap and go back to Genesis. We'll get everybody on the same page. Remind everybody, since you had a Holy Spirit-filled nap this morning, and obviously you've forgotten some things. Trust me, when I sleep, I forget some things. So we're going to do a quick reminder, and then, with the Lord's help, see what else God will have for us tonight. In Genesis chapter number 2, we found out in verse number 7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man, and man became a living soul. I literally tried this as, as a child and I literally did. I tried to make me some mud people and tried to get them to do things. It just didn't work like God did it. Amen. I mean, how many years ever made mud pies? Just don't eat them things, amen, it's grainy, you know what I'm saying? But what I want you to see is how God can do something is absolutely tremendous. How God does something, that's because He's God. And how God does something, He has a plan. And the way God does it, we don't need to mess with. We need to learn from it. So let's take a look right here. So in review, dust of the ground. Man was made by dust. We're all just a big old ball of mud. Amen. And the big old pile of clay, if you will. But look down here in verse number 20. It says, in Adam gave, whoops, 21, and the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made woman and brought her into the man. And what this is for is the fact that he was looking at at Adam, he was looking at man and he was saying, yes, I made man a certain way. Yes, I made man to handle the load. Yes, I made man the way I specifically wanted to make man. But man needs some help. Man is messy. Man doesn't see. He's He, is, uh, he has a, a tunnel vision sometimes. Sometimes he has a goal to do and he's just going to get the goal done. And God said, I made man a certain way. God said, I didn't make no mistake. I just made man first to get to get him working, to get him in place. As a government of the home, I made man first. And I'm giving him more responsibility. And I'm going to use man like I've I won't use a woman. He said there's a difference and there's one word that I want you to concentrate on. Look what it says in verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet. That help meet literally and truly, the definition of that means to come together from opposite directions. So here's what we've got. We've got a holy almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing. We've got God making man. We've got a plan that God has made. And God said, here's my plan for the family. Here's my plan for the world. Here's my plan for everything. That man is the key, and he's the key part of it. I'm pouring myself into this man and forming him out of the dust of the ground. But when it comes to, to a woman... I'm going to be more delicate there because that woman is prime rib. She is top choice. Listen, she is a top cut. And let me show you something. It wasn't from the foot. It wasn't from the ground. It wasn't from the mind. What that means is man is not to walk on the woman. Man, the woman's not coming from the head to overrule the man. We're going side by side because that's the natural position where it should be. Now let me show you something. That help meet here, we touched on it this morning, it means this. To come together from opposite directions. Now here's where we go for the message tonight. What I was talking about this morning was that Tupperware tumbler of a man, but that woman is like fine china. You can do a lot of things with that tumbler; it won't crack, it won't peel. It may look a little dirty, but it cleans up real nice, amen. But all of a sudden, you can't do you can't do with this fine china like that woman's made out of. There's only some specific jobs for her. And one of her jobs, God said, is I'm going to have you be a help meet to the man. You're going to come together. God said man and woman is going to come together in holy matrimony. And do you know what it's going to be? There's going to be some conflict. Do you know why? Because I see things one way and my wife sees things the other way because that's the way God made us. God made me to be able to have the capacity to get out of a situation and just relax. What I mean is, that's my nothing box. There's nothing I'm thinking about. And I'm just in my nothing box at times. But my wife is not like that. She's trying to plan. She's trying to go from this point to that point. And when she goes from this point to that point, then all of a sudden she thinks about this and that and this and that. And and all of a sudden, she's got these plans. And when we come together, she's got plans. I've got sometimes nothing. And there's problems. And you have the same thing. I get out of my nothing box then. And then what happens? I have already thought about these things. I'm not silly. I'm not dumb. And man is not silly. He's not dumb. When a woman comes from an opposite direction and the man comes, they're supposed to meet together. She is his helpmate. She is not to run over him. Right. Are you hearing me? What I'm trying to show you is this, she has a different opinion, because that's the way God made her for the man. Man can't do what he needs to do for God all by himself. He's going to have to have that help meet. A lot of times when you find that godly woman, you may not be married. You may find a godly woman in some type of business you're in. You need to realize who she is. She is a godly woman. She is ordained of God, if you will. And she is that fine china. You may be working together on a project or something like that. You need to listen to her. And she needs to listen to you. Here's why. She's a helpmate. She's something special from heaven. She's something special that God has given her a different point of view. My wife and I, we have problems all the time with different points of view. We say the exact same thing, but it doesn't sound the same thing. It just doesn't. I'll look at her and I'll say, I just said that. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I said exactly what you said. No, you didn't. Well, it was, you said it and I said it, and we're going the same direction, but we're coming at opposite directions. Amen. That's what's going on. And the tolerance that you have in a relationship is how much further you will go for God. Whether it is a husband and a wife, or if you just have a a godly man and a, a godly woman, maybe on a secular job, I don't know. But I'm telling you, you need to tap in. You need to understand what God's created. In that fine china, I explained this morning that that fine china, you don't overload that fine china. I heard the Smiths talking this this afternoon. She's already said he's thrown rocks and cracked her china. I'm telling you. I love this couple. But here's what I want you to see something. Yeah, we can overload that cup. We can overload that fine china when it's supposed to be filled with a tumbler. And what I'm trying to get you to see is this. There's a job specific for each one. God said... This is the way I work. This is the way I've created. This is what I want you to understand, brother Lynn. I was thinking as I was looking at your family, and uh, it's been a few years since I've seen them, and good sakes alive, they keep on growing up. And I, I feel for you, brother, that empty nest. There's part of you that's going like yes, but there's the other part going like no, no. When my son when my son left and. Uh, he, we didn't run him off, and there's no problems. I know how bad these people think. no stop it. And so when my son left for college, that was hard. It was tough. It tough on me and Beverly. We had to lean on each other. There was her point of view. There was my point of view but we were still hurting the same way because there was something in missing in the marriage now. These are things that, that are part of life. These are things that come up. And where there was a basketball goal, my son has the sweetest three-point shot ever was. And I'm not kidding you. We used to get out there in the driveway, and I just, I just beat on him. Amen. I mean, I, you know, I just pushing him around. He was a little skinny thing and stuff. Still, he is skinny. And, but I can push my weight around with him and all like that. And he couldn't believe how many trash shots that I would make. I mean, I'm, he called me T-Rex arms. Cause he could be like a like mean, us. I mean, just. When, when he left. I'd pass every day when I left for work and I came back That basketball goal. Empty nest, empty room. It's going to take both of you to get through that. You've got to realize something, men. It's not just about you. Ladies, you've got to realize something. He's hurting too. He's going to show hurt different. She's going to show hurt different. She's your help meat, And you're not just supposed to run over him. Let me show you what I'm looking at, what I'm wanting you to see. Go back to our theme verse in Jude. Here we have this wonderful institution. Here we have what God has made. And Brother Lynn, when I was thinking about your girls and I saw them up there, I was thinking about, wow, what an opportunity you have. Because daddy's girls. This morning we're talking about the fact there's a special relationship between the human father and the the daughter's. There's a special relationship that can't be explained. I told you I was the only child for twelve years, and then my sister came along, and she was daddy's girl. I was still my my father's son, and we had a great relationship, but there was something special. Diane could get anything that she wanted from my dad. I'd have to beg and plead and have to go get 14 jobs to get it. But she listen, she just asked, she'd crawl up on his lap, Daddy. Would you get me? Well, yes, honey. I think that's a good idea. And I'm like, what? I've had to learn who my wife is to God. Right now, we're needing at least $50,000 in the ministry. I need $20,000 for a delivery truck. We're growing that big. It needs to be a four-wheel drive delivery truck. And I'm going to be honestly, like, what are you going to be delivering? Bibles, New Testaments, and every uh, godly scriptures that we can get, and crayons and coloring books to these kids. Remote areas. And right now in the ministry, we've got Uganda, we've got Kenya, we've got Nigeria, we've got Ghana, and the and the two countries that's knocking it out of the park are Uganda and, and Kenya. And let me show you something. We're going to be printing in country. We're going to be shipping uh 40-foot uh, containers and, and all this is coming together. And God's let me see this, and I need at least this year fifty thousand dollars plus another twenty-four truck. I can't do that. That scares me. But I have learned. It's His will. It's His bill. I have learned what God wants to do, but I have got to move the hand of God many times in prayer, how am I going to move the hand of God for what I see that needs to be done? It's His will, yes, and it's His bill, yes, and I'm not being a smart aleck, but here's what God wants from me. God said, I've shown you what I want to do, now I want you to talk to me about it. But I've learned some things, Brother Lynn. I've learned about daddy's girls sitting there. Men, are you listening? when you really need the hand of God to move for you? When's the last time you earnestly, tenderly, directed your wife and informed your wife about the prayer need to be specific? Would you go ask God Sweetheart, I've been asking God. But my plastic tumbler, my my Tupperware tumbler, it's full and God's using. But, But honey, I know your daddy's girl. I wonder how many prayers I could have got answered in the past had I learned quicker. You got four. That ain't right you got four daddy's girls God created. And they're all godly, fine china. Ladies, you don't understand what power you've got with God. Men, a lot of times, you don't understand the power your wife has with God you need to tap into this Jude chapter, chapter 1 verse 20 but ye beloved talking about the saints building up yourselves on your most holy faith go over and look at Jude 3 Jude verse 3, and he says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints that earnestly contend, that building up yourselves In 1 Corinthians, it says in in 1 Corinthians 9, 14, to be able to run in a race, to run the race well. And the reference there is to the Greek games. And it means to prepare. It means to not be a castaway. It means to give everything you've got. It's talking about slavery back in in those days and not to be lagging, but to go forward with even though, listen, to be able to get yourself built up and to be able to learn and to be able to go and that's what these verses are talking about to build up your most holy faith look at it look what it says building up yourselves on your most holy faith and then it goes right into praying in the Holy Ghost. Look what it says building up yourselves on. Look at the next thing praying in the Holy Ghost. Look at verse 21 keep yourselves in the love of God. They didn't say save yourselves. That's talking about keeping your lives pure, keeping yourselves in your relationships right. The woman and the men, they're supposed to, the woman's a help meet. They're coming from opposite directions. And it's not to come in opposite directions to blindside one another, it's not coming in opposite directions to run over one another, it's not coming in opposite directions, but to meet. Because it says to come together. Simply meaning this. You need to worship God together. You need to learn together. And you need to look at each other's qualities. You need to look at each other's spiritual life. I've got a niece right now that's getting ready to get married. I hope she's not watching because I'll embarrass her. And uh, she's met a wonderful young man. And they're going to be starting a journey together for the Lord. And... One is stronger than the other in the Lord because one has been in church longer than the other. If you're not careful, one person will try to dominate over another person when it should be Just thus saith the Lord. Let each and every one of us learn together. Let each and every one of us learn what God has to say. We don't want to argue with one another. We don't want to argue with God. We want to do what the Bible says, and it says this, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way we're going to make it. That's it. That's all it is. But one of the things... And I've hit on it over and over because the Lord won't let me get off of this. Is this this part of praying? When you pray in the Holy Ghost, I need to tell my wife, I'm going to go and I'm going to pray. I have a prayer binder. And what that prayer binder is, it has seven days a week. And it has sections. It has it all laid out on each day of the week. And I'm not praying repetitious prayer. I'm putting people's names down. I'm putting the great needs that we have. And I'm praying specifically. I have a prayer list for her. I have a prayer list for my son. I have a prayer list for my grandson. I have a prayer list for my daughter-in-law. And what I do and, and how I do. And I have specific churches that have asked me to pray on certain things. I can't remember everything but in my prayer binder I have the first thing in it is praises and hymns each day and I'll lay out and before I start anything I just want to brag on God I just want to praise God I just want to sing now I can't sing but when I sing in my mind that's pretty special and that's just wrong you can sing like that and preach too that's just wrong okay and so but when I, I bet you can play the piano too can't you Praise God, you can't. Amen. All right, so I want you to see this. I want you to understand something. I've even in silence in in my prayer time at night. I like to take the midnight watch a lot. Sometimes I'll take the fourth watch in the night. But here's what I want you to see. When I set my time and I go in there, when's the last time that you lost track of time when you were praying? When's the last time that you didn't want to stop praying? A lot of times, we look at it as it's one-sided. A one-sided conversation. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it's talking about the relationship between you and your wife. She knows where I'm at. Honey, I'm going to go pray now. You know, I know what she's going to be doing. She's going to be lifting me up to God. She's going to be helping me pray. She won't say much about it. She doesn't brag about it. But that's what's in behind the scenes. I'm up there agonizing. And the reason that I'm able, and I don't want to quit, and I, sometimes I, I lose track of time, and I praise God for that. I wish it was more often that I'd lose all that kind of time and, and all of this. But I'm telling you, the flesh is weak. But when we do this thing, and my weaker vessel, not the lesser vessel, when my fine china is my helpmeet, then my prayer life's right. Praying in the Holy Ghost means this, earnest prayer. Earnest prayer takes time. And when earnest prayer takes time, you build the relationship with God. Earnest prayer, Taking time? Relationship with God? Just like the relationship I built with my wife over these 41 years. It's the same. It takes work. It takes time. It takes me listening to her. When's the last time in your prayer time you just stopped and you just waited on God? This is what we need. The prayer that is not sent up through the Holy Spirit. The prayer that's not sent up with the Holy Ghost it, it, all over that. And you're praying and you're, you're there together and you're in the spirit that you should be. And it's His influence. It's His touch teaching you and showing you and molding you how you should even pray. Because you and I don't even know how. That's why you've got to be quiet instead of taking just a big laundry list, a big laundry basket, and just dumping it on God's altar. God wants us to do some of that. But I've learned this. My laundry gets done a lot faster if I just wait and praise Him and just listen for Him to tell me what to pray for. Amen. Amen. But many times we feel like we have to tell God how to do things. That's when we're not praying in the Holy Ghost of God. James 5.16 says this, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That effectual, fervent prayer, when I know that she's praying for me to be able to pray, And when I take the time to take the time, and what I'm doing in my prayer time, it's me and God. And I'm waiting for God to show me which direction He wants the prayer time to go. And I start praying. I start singing. I start reading Scripture. I get on my face I, I'm in my prayer chair. I, I have a special chair that fits my belly just fine. I can't get down on all fours anymore. It just don't work that way anymore. I get down what I can, but I got to get up real soon, and I'm in my comfortable chair. I've got myself and I've learned to pray. Listen to me. Sometimes you ladies, listen to me, you pray and you get mixed up in your prayer time, and I know this. You start praying about this, and all of a sudden you think about this, and you think about that, and you think about this, and you just in your prayer time and you wonder listen to me set in the dark but keep your eyes open this is something that I've learned men I'm in the dark it's me and God after I've sang after I've praised God i turn turned the light off sometimes I'm on a knee Sometimes I'm not. I'm not looking around. I've got my head bowed in humbleness, but I've not shut my eyes all the way. It helps me to focus. It helps me to stay where I should be. Ladies, My wife just recently and I talked about this. If you keep your eyes open, it helps you to concentrate a little bit longer and a little bit deeper upon the things of God. It's one of those silly human things. But God made us a certain way. I saw a bunch of heads going up and down. You know what I'm talking about. I just wanted to come by and tell you I love you. I want to come by and share some love with you. I wanted to come by with the theme what God has shown me and what God has brought us through. I'm wanting to come by and just let you know. You're not weird. You're not strange. You're just a man and you're just a woman. And God made you that way. Here's why. Verse 22. And of some have compassion. I don't always have the compassion I need. I just don't. My wife has a lot more compassion than I do over many things. When my help meet... Comes to me and says, Jeff, you might want to consider, Brother Lynn, I better listen to my fine china. Some having compassion. It says, some making the difference. There's not a one of us sitting in this room that doesn't want to be a difference maker in somebody's life. Every one of us in this church, I know this. You want to be a difference maker for God. I've talked to you enough and give you enough tools about some things that maybe you've overlooked. I don't want you to look at me thinking I'm some type of nut job. I'm just a Tupperware tumbler for the Lord. May we praise God together. Let's bow your heads. Father, I thank you for the day.